Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, offering compassionate healthcare for all. Learn more about their services, including statewide access to medication-assisted treatment for alcohol and opioid use disorders at ucsonline.org. Today is Friday. It's the 10th of February. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. At the Iowa State House, Republicans in the Iowa House are looking to make a change to the school choice law passed just two weeks ago. The Students First Act requires students who receive education savings accounts to take all testing required by state and federal law. Under a bill advanced by a House subcommittee yesterday, those students would still have to take the Iowa Statewide Assessment of Student Progress, which is a test given once a year to meet federal guidelines. But parents would have to ask for other state tests, such as early literacy screenings. Private school advocates say they already have systems in place tracking student progress, while opponents of the bill say it would remove an element of transparency from the ESA program. The next stop for the bill is the Full House Education Committee. Republicans on a Senate panel have advanced a bill that would loosen some of Iowa's child labor regulations. IPR's Katerina Sestarek has those details. The bill would let teens work longer hours and more types of jobs. The state's workforce development or education director could also waive prohibitions on minors working in manufacturing, mining, and food processing in some cases. Supporters of the bill say it'll help with the workforce shortage and offer more work opportunities to high school students. But Peter Hurd with the Iowa Federation of Labor, AFL-CIO, says he has a lot of concerns. This bill, as written, is kind of a slap in the face to the safety of minor workers across this country ignores that young workers are injured at higher rates. And this bill isn't just a tweak to the current law, it's an attack against federal law. The chair of the Senate Workforce Committee says he supports the bill, but it'll likely be amended to address some of the concerns raised by opponents. Iowa's Attorney General Brenna Byrd has joined a lawsuit that challenges a Biden administration rule requiring registration of gun accessories known as pistol braces. They were first marketed in 2012 as a way to help people with a disability stabilize a pistol by attaching it to their forearm. But people also use the device to brace a gun against their shoulder. The Biden administration has classified that configuration as a short-barreled rifle. It means pistol brace owners have to register the device and pay a $200 registration fee. A.G. Bird says since pistol braces have been legal for a decade, millions of Americans who bought one legally will become a felon if they don't know about the new rule and fail to register the device by May 31st. Well, schools weren't the only thing impacted by yesterday's snow and ice in eastern Iowa. Anytime weather closes or shortens a blood drive, those are donations that patients will never see. Impact Life is a blood bank based in Davenport. It serves more than 120 hospitals in Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, and Wisconsin. Impact Life estimates it's down 100 donations due to Thursday's wintry mix. That puts a strain on the network as they make plans to find that blood elsewhere. 80-year-old Ken Wolf says even if the weather wasn't great on his drive over, he was glad his blood drive in Washington didn't get canceled. Why should you give? Because there is a need, you know. If you had someone that's very special to you that uh, required blood, I think you'd have no problem giving, would you? Impact Life is asking eligible donors to schedule an appointment to give blood. And chicken producers want to do their part to bring down current soaring egg prices. 
They're offering to sell their 400 million surplus eggs to food producers if they can convince the FDA to change the food safety rule that prevents that. U.S. egg prices have surged over the past year thanks to the ongoing bird flu outbreak and the highest inflation in decades. There have even been calls for a price-fixing investigation after the average price of a dozen eggs hit 425 in December. The National Chicken Council trade group argues that the eggs chicken farmers produce would be safe because they would be pasteurized, but FDA rules prevent that. This is IPR's Here First. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. There's a child care gap across the country of more than 30 percent, meaning the need for quality child care far outweighs the supply. And it's worse in rural areas. As Harvest Public Media's Excret Nunez reports, rural parents often cobble child care together with friends and family, drive miles away to a daycare, or leave their jobs altogether. It's pickup time for the kiddos at the Stillwell Schools Daycare in Stillwell, Oklahoma. Bye bye. All the children here have parents who work for the small town school. The district opened the daycare in late 2019 in an effort to try and recruit new teachers. We have people that would love to work at Stillwell, but they've they've told us that they can't take the job because we don't have daycare. That's Matthew Brunk, the assistant superintendent at Stillwell Public Schools who helped start the daycare. Brunk says he proposed the idea to the superintendent after he and his wife moved to Stillwell and had a difficult time finding any child care in town. So, I mean, talk about panic. We had no idea what we were going to do. The lack of daycare in Stillwell isn't unusual. Nearly 60 percent of rural families don't have access to child care, according to a 2018 study by the Center for American Progress. Childcare is a key issue for rural development and really speaks much more broadly to general workforce attraction and retention. That's Shoshana Inwood, a rural sociologist and an associate professor at Ohio State University. She says the lack of childcare in rural communities often forces parents to make tough decisions. When families don't have access to childcare, somebody needs to leave the workforce or to stay home and take care of the children. So that's sacrificing additional household income. But not only does a lack of access to childcare have a financial impact on families, it can have an emotional toll too. Ashley Fikowski is a mom of three living on the outskirts of Rolla, Missouri, where she says the only childcare options she would be comfortable with are at least an hour away. We were really surprised having moved from St. Louis that there was no child care um, unless you went through a church. Bykowski stayed home and planned to re-enter the workforce in 2020 when her first child was in kindergarten. But then she learned she was pregnant with twins. I mean, the decision kind of made itself, but I really struggled with it a lot, especially at first. I was like so ready to return to work. She and her husband are now hoping to move out of their small town to be closer to family and childcare, so she can go back to work. Bykowski and her husband's struggle isn't unique. Nearly 30% of Missouri parents reported leaving a job or not taking a job in the last 12 months because of issues accessing childcare, according to a U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation report. 
It's a nationwide issue that most recently grabbed the American Farm Bureau Federation's attention. Emily Buckman is the Director of Government Affairs and specializes in rural affairs for the organization. She says after hearing concerns from young families across the country about the lack of childcare access, the Farm Bureau put it on its list of Farm Bill priorities. They see it as one of those elements that is kind of a make or break for folks wanting to live the rural life. But there's no clear solution. Inwood of Ohio State University says creating quality and accessible child care goes beyond building more daycares. There's still the issue of how do you pay for that labor? Because child care workers themselves are some of the most underpaid um, workers out there who don't have good benefits. Back in Stillwell, Oklahoma, Matthew Brunk says the daycare currently has a wait list. We don't want anybody that's great for our school system and great for our kids to turn down a position because lack of childcare in the community. So the district will soon open a new facility and expand from 12 to 20 kids. I'm Excaret Nunez, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food issues, and rural life. This is Here First from IPR News. Thanks for listening this week to this podcast that, of course, you can find wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters.